please exhale. And now let's begin. Welcome to the Science of Light. I'm your host, Rosemary. If you're interested in exploring holistic wellness topics through a perspective that blends spirituality with science, I think you've found the right place. And I'm so grateful that you're here. Let's figure out this life thing together. Always keep your feet on the ground, your head in the stars, and stay in the light. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Science of Light. Happy Wednesday if you're listening to this on the day that it comes out or if not, happy whatever day of the week it is for you. Um, You know, I normally record these podcast episodes on Tuesdays. That's just how my rhythm shakes out. But the reason I decided to release them on Wednesdays is because in Jyotish, the Science of Light, Vedic Astrology that I study... um, Each day of the week is ruled by a planet, and Wednesdays are ruled by Mercury, which is the planet of communication. So according to this science, it would Wednesdays are really supportive days of communications. So I put this communication out there into the world on a day that is supportive of that. It's not to say that um, you can't do these things on other days. It's just to say that that day is the most supportive according to Jyotish. And so I live my life in accordance with these things, in accordance with Ayurveda, Jyotish, yoga philosophy. Um, But I also, I don't really, I try not to get too dogmatic about it or let it like um, hold me back. So that's actually the topic of today's episode is Ayurvedic routines. And I'm going to, you know, full disclosure, like I usually do, talk to y'all about my struggles with these things and about what's suggested um, by Ayurveda as the science of life, you know, sister science to yoga philosophy. So I'll, I'll tell you what's suggested. I'll tell you what has been my blocks to that in hopes that it's relatable and you realize that we're always just on this path together. We're all, this is life. This is what we're trying to figure out. We have all these tools, right? To live most in alignment with the seasons, with, um, natural rhythms. And so that's one thing, if you know, if you've joined my email list already, that's awesome. I've started new moon and full moon reports. So that is, has to do with living in alignment with the moon cycles. So every month we go through a lunar cycle. And I think females because we we tend to go through um the menstrual menstrual cycle which is just another monthly cycle sometimes called our moon cycle um people that do experience that moon cycle uh have a little bit more of an intuitive understanding of living in alignment with the moon cycle but i success or i suspect that even people that don't experience a moon cycle as cut and dry in their own body Um, if they started paying attention to it, they would start noticing that they are affected by it as well. But that's, so that's a little bit related to what I'm talking about today. Today, I want to talk about the sun cycle routine. So the sun rises and falls every day. The moon rises and falls or waxes and wanes on the same cycle every month. So that's what we're talking about when we're talking about moon cycles. And if you want to start to live more in alignment with that, please sign up for my email list. Check out my new moon and full moon reports that are going out on or around the new and full moons of every month. And 
beginning hopefully next month. Um, but actually that's already next week. I want, it is my intention to offer virtual, uh, like, so via zoom new moon circles for us to build some community around this that will be totally free for anybody. And then full moon circles will be a little bit more private events. Um, and so we'll start with a full moon circle for sure at the full moon in August, and then keep an eye out for our full moon and, um, fall equinox mini retreat on September 20th. You can save the date for that. I did make a Facebook event. You can find it on my Yogi Scopes face, Facebook page, facebook.com slash Y-O-G-I-S-C-O-P-E-S. You can find the Facebook event or you can join my email list. So when hopefully later this week tickets go live, you'll be the first one to be able to purchase those. There might even be a small discount for my subscribers because I want to reward y'all for being in my, you know, kind of inner circle first line of awareness of my events and offerings. So if you sign up for that, make sure you go ahead and sign up. Now you'll be the first to hear when tickets go live for that event, but also save the date. It'll be in Asheville. And I'm considering if there's enough interest also offering maybe something virtually because that will be, we'll talk about the astrology. We'll talk about the full moon, but we'll also talk about since it's the fall equinox, we'll talk about living in alignment with the seasons then um, because we'll kind of be at the precipice of changing into the fall season or into what in Ayurveda is called Vata season, the air element season, you know, fall, it gets windy, the tr- um, it starts to get a little cooler, a little drier, um, things like that. So, so we'll talk about what that means more in there. And if y'all can't make it to Asheville and you still want to learn this stuff, um, reach out to me and we'll see what we can put together virtually. So, um, with all that said today, I wanted to talk about the sun cycle, the, what's called, so there's in Ayurveda, there's these concepts of Ritucharya, which is living in alignment with the seasons and Dinacharya, which is living in alignment with each day, having routines and practices every single day that kind of set you up for success. So You may have heard of some examples of these, like most yoga people are like, start your day out with a yoga practice, like first thing in the morning or meditation practice. And let me just start by saying, y'all, I have not done that since I had a child. Um, I actually haven't, you know, I don't think that's the only way. So I want to preface this with like, I'm going to give you um, what is suggested explicitly by Ayurveda as like kind of the peak good example of a morning or daily routine. But I think the most emphasis is placed on what you do first thing in the morning, right when you wake up. And then I want to say it's okay if yours doesn't look like that because mine doesn't always. But then I also want to say, okay, you have a morning routine, whether you consciously choose it or not. So whether you, it's like, maybe you think I don't have a morning routine because I don't get up and do yoga, or stretch, or meditate, or whatever, every single day, so what do you do instead? You probably have something, whether you consciously selected that or not, like, are you one of those people that wakes up, and looks at your phone, checks the emails, checks the headlines, does a little morning scroll first thing before you get out of bed, or are you one of the people that 
gets up and, um, I don't know, goes to the bathroom, then gets dressed, then makes breakfast or whatever the case is, whether you consciously choose your morning routine or not, you have one. I guarantee it. Um, like, so this is what I've noticed for myself before I had a kid, my morning routine was that like, I would get up, I would go to the bathroom, I would, um, get dressed and then I would cook breakfast, uh, make coffee. And that was like part of my getting ready to leave for the day for work or school or whatever it was I was going to leave and do. I woke up at the same time every day, at least on weekdays, right? Uh, on work days, school days, I would wake up around the same time every day. I did the same thing every morning. Um, and that was just left over from, I guess, like, you know, grade school days, get up really early, have some breakfast, get ready for whatever. And then, um, kind of once I had a kid and with COVID, my morning routine, especially now I actually work from home most of the time. So let me tell you all what I did this morning. And I guess maybe I could be embarrassed about this considering what I'm about to tell you what Ayurveda says about a morning routine. But this morning I woke up at, it was about 5.56 AM because I heard my son over the monitor saying, mama, mama. Cause whenever he wakes up, you know, he cries for either me or my partner, he'll say mama or dada, or sometimes both. He'll switch back and forth, or sometimes he'll like cry, sometimes he'll just be babbling, whatever. But he usually almost always wakes up before we do. I call it the Ollie alarm, actually. Sometimes I say to my husband when we're going to bed, I'm like, should I set an alarm tomorrow, or should, are we just going to rely on the Ollie alarm? Because he almost always wakes us up sometime between 5 and 6 a.m. And then... My husband goes and gets him, and then we usually snuggle together for a little bit, and then sometimes he'll watch YouTube or whatever on my husband's phone. And this morning, so I woke up, snuggled my kid. I went back to sleep until 7 when my husband left and took my son to daycare. And then I got up, and I scrolled a little bit, and I drank the coffee that my husband so sweetly left on the nightstand for me. Um... And then after sipping some coffee and scrolling some, I got up and went to the bathroom and thought about breakfast. And so it was a much more lazy start to the day, I would say, which in some ways can feel um, nice, I guess. It can feel uh, like a soft start to the day rather than like hitting the ground running. But I, I know I'm going to tell y'all like in all reality, for me, that makes me feel less productive in the morning. And I notice that it makes me feel less um, connected to self. I get a little bit um, pulled out into the world whenever I'm looking at my phone, whether that be to check emails, which seems productive or scrolling, which we all know is not really productive um, even if it feels like it, like I talked on the previous episode about how maybe it feels like a good way to unwind or have a soft start to the day. And that may be what we tell ourselves, what I may tell myself sometimes, but really like deep down, I know it's a bad habit and I wish I didn't do it as often as I did. So that's kind of what I'm saying is that I used to have a very clear, um, and very regular, morning routine where I did the same, I woke up at the same time. I did the same things. I left the house for work at the same time and 
since all these different changes have happened in my life, um, I don't do that anymore. And part of that, I think, is because my kid wakes up at unpredictable times. Sometimes he's late in going to bed. And so I like, or one night a week, I teach an evening class, which is so challenging with a toddler, but that's when people come to yoga classes, is, you know, like 5 36 p.m. when they get off work, whatever, right? So I teach this evening class, it throws off my whole routine for the week. So this is what I'm saying is like deep down, I know because I've studied Ayurveda, but also because I've had more strict routines in my life than I do currently, that I thrive when I have a good routine. And so this comes down to also um, your constitution. So I have a primarily Pitta with a touch of Kappa constitution. And so what does that mean? In Ayurveda, everything is organized by the elements. So those are earth, water, fire, air, and ether. Those are the five elements. And so um, then we have the gunas, which are sattva, rajas, and tamas. And from the gunas, everything in the world is kind of constructed or built. And so if you're like a really science-y person, you're like, okay, there's way more than five elements. Um, Elements are like, according to chemistry, what everything breaks down to in the simplest form. But then is that even really true? Because even elements, uh, one atom of an element can break down into protons, electrons, neutrons. Anyway, so just think about it. This is a different framework. This is a different way of looking at things, but it's so beautifully simple that it's applicable to a lot of things. So if you think about everything in terms of those five elements, earth is like heavy, um, grounded, maybe dark, um, solid. Water is um, fluctuating, able to kind of go with the flow, sometimes described as emotional. Um, Fire is hot, passionate, you know, uh, things like that. Air is, can be cool, flighty. Um, So just think about these qualities that kind of go with that. And then ether is more, I think of it as like more in the spirit realm, Um, more in the like cosmos realm. So you can think about the things in terms of those five elements, but if you want to break it down even more simply, you have the three doshas. And kappa is earth element, sometimes also earth and water. Um, I've heard it described, but I think primarily earth element. Pitta is primarily the fire element, and vada is primarily the air element element. So we all have um, a primary type. So we are all ruled more primarily by one of those doshas or one of those elements. Um, Some people, it could be a combination of two. Like I was saying, I'm Pitta Kappa, but Pitta is just a little bit more than Kappa for me. Um, But then also, so our seasons, so our times of day, So are times of life. And if you think about this, it makes sense. I've mentioned this before, like childhood is kappa time because you're just a little bit um, thicker, you know, heavier. That earth element, kids are like 
they have that baby fat. Um, and also they always have a runny nose. Like if you've heard that term snot nose kid, uh, and I think people that like don't really like kids use the term as a derogatory term, but it is like now I know since having a kid, my kid just always has mucus. Like he just, his nose, it just runs even when he's not sick. I don't know. Um, it's just a thing, you know, so kids are, um, a little more stable, heavy, mucusy. They really, um, and that also applies to their joints. Their joints are super lubricated. Um, you know, they don't have arthritis the way older adults might. Um, they really thrive under routine. So that's another stability piece that comes with the kappa element or Cappadocia. Um, so they're in their Kappa time of life. And then when you kind of move into adulthood and young adulthood, um, teenagehood, teenagehood, you get a little more oily. That's a characteristic of Pitta, of the fire element, oily. You start to get acne, oily skin. Um, you start to get a little bit more fiery, passionate. Um, we often equate that to like you know, teenage angst, you hear that, but then also, um, into your, into your young adulthood and your beginning of your career, you're very like, go, go, go. That's the pit of fire element, um, showing up there. And then when people move into later in life, kind of like retirement age, um, some people don't, not necessarily retirement. Um, but if you think of that, when, when things slow down, a lot of older adults kind of, um, they get arthritis. Arthritis is a symptom of vata imbalance or overactive vata. So the vata time of life is later in life. You think about um, older adults get so dryness, the dryness in the joints, arthritis, dryness of the skin, dryness of the hair, um, a little bit of air quality. Like once you retire, you don't have the same routines that you did in earlier in life. So that brings some of the air quality. So those are kind of basic times of life ruled by the doshas. Um, and so all these qualities I'm mentioning related to the doshas are applicable to whether it's that dosha's time of life, that if that dosha is more, um, prevalent in your constitution, what's called your prakriti, your physical constitution. So everybody's born with a certain prakriti, a certain dominant dosha or two, um, and then also the doshas rule seasons and times of day. So I just think it's so beautifully simple how the doshas come out more prevalently. And when I started living my life in alignment with this, I it gave me a lot of freedom. Like I've mentioned this before about how I used to kind of think I had seasonal or seasonal affective disorder, seasonal depression, like things just get really hard in the wintertime because I want to get more stagnant. It's, it's kappa time when it gets really dark, everything retreats into the earth. Um, you know, that kind of like after the winter solstice into January, February, March here in the Northern hemisphere, it would be the opposite, um, in the Southern hemisphere in what we can, so in like the June, um, solstice, the, the, for y'all, the one that happens in June, um, in the coldest few months of the year, all the plants have retreated into the earth, all the animals have, and so should humans. But our society, our capitalistic Western societies aren't really uh, set up that way. But lucky for me, I live in a place that's a tourist economy and our tourist season 
is booming in the summer and winter we do get a little bit of a chance around here especially because it actually snows some not enough for us to have the infrastructure to really deal with it so when it does snow we get to slow down right um and so so when I learned that like started associating the winter time with kappa time and and that it's perfectly okay to gain what some people call winter fluff you know, or my brother calls it bulking season. If you go back and listen to like the second or third episode called Astrology for People with LinkedIn Profiles, my brother talks about how he does that. And he's an engineer, y'all. And he lives in alignment with the seasons in that way. You know, it's acceptable to um, gain some excess weight in the wintertime. It's normal, right? We sh- or that's a good way to look at it. And then in the summertime is pitta season. Um things get hot, things get oily because we sweat more, Um, the days are longer, you know, pit a fire element in the summer. And then Vata season, I've heard before described as um, spring and fall, but I actually recently heard this that, so winter, kappa season is late winter to early spring. Um, because, you know, in early spring, things start getting damp. It's still very earthy time. And then, uh, and then comes Pitta season when things start to get hot and the days start to get longer. And then comes Vata season, which is that, um, late fall into early winter when things start to get dry, you know, the leaves dry up and fall off the trees, things get windy, um, routines change because whether that be back to school or, um, whatever. I don't know. I think, I think if we all started to tap into this, we might notice how the summertime is always super busy because the days are longer. That's just like normal, you know? Um, yeah. So that's Ritucharya. That's living in alignment with the seasons. And I bring all that up because I think it's a really helpful way to familiar, familiarize ourselves with the doshas. Because like I said, the qualities are the same, no matter whether we're talking about your individual constitution or the time of year, time of life, time of day. So now that leads us into the time of day, the dinucharya, the the routines that we're talking about. So from 2 to 6 a.m. and p.m. So all these um, times are in the morning and at night. So 2 to 6 a.m. and p.m. 2 to 6 is vada time. So it's characterized by the air element That's actually when Ayurveda, um, as a science, suggests that one gets out of bed. So after that, from 6 to 10 a.m. and p.m. comes kappa time. So that's when things get heavy. Have you ever noticed? Okay, so that's like what I was saying just this morning. I woke up before 6 a.m. And then for a combination of reasons, I decided to go back to sleep And then when I did wake up, I had a more dull and slow start to the day because I didn't get myself out of bed before kappa time of day hit. So have you ever noticed that whenever you like, the later you wake up, the more sluggish you feel in the morning? I don't know. Maybe that's like completely foreign to you. Maybe you never wake up before 6 a.m. and that just sounds awful. And, And if that's the case, then that might actually have a little something to do with your constitution. So if you tend more towards kappa, perhaps, then you might really like waking up during kappa time of day, right? So 
and there's a few different ways that could show up, but this is just a good example. Um, and so Ayurveda wants us to strive for balance. So that's why I'm kind of giving this with like, I'm trying to be as general as possible and, and speak in a way that would apply to all constitutions. Um, and that's what the Ayurvedic, you know, sages suggest anyway, is that everybody, regardless of your constitution, should wake up before 6 a.m. and begin your morning practices. And then um, 10 to 2 a.m. and p.m. is Pitta time. So that's what actually why um, so Ayurveda suggests that you eat your biggest meal of the day for lunch, and most people eat lunch between 10 and 2, 10 a.m. and 2 p.m., right? And that you go to bed before 10 p.m. Because, have I don't know if y'all have ever noticed this, I used to do it when I was in school, and I would be so tired around like 8 or 9 p.m., right, because that's in COPPA time, and then I would have like assignments to work on. And I would start working on them. And then once it gets past 10 p.m., around 11 or so, do y'all ever notice? Because I know I'm not the only one. It happened to me, and I would hear it from fellow classmates, too, that, like, once you get past 10 p.m., like, around 11 or 11.30 or so, you hit, like, that second wind. And all of a sudden, you're no longer tired. And then you're staying up till 2 and 3 in the morning, right? That's what happens. So, And that's normal. So that's why Ayurveda says that you should try your best to go to bed before then, living in alignment truly with the sun cycles. You should wake up a little bit before the sun so that you can get yourself ready, do your self-cleaning practices, your light exercise, bathe and meditate before the, or, you know, a little bit before the sun comes up, around the time the sun is coming up. So you're starting your day with the sun and you're ending your day with the sun. This is another thing in the winter time when the days are shorter, that's out of the window a little bit. That's why Ayurveda says it's okay to slow down, get less done during that kapha time when the days are shorter um, for you and your place in the world. But I always speak from the Northern Hemisphere. I know I do have a couple of listeners from the Southern Hemisphere. So just know that for you all, that is flipped, right? So just know that when I say kapha time, I mean the time of year, regardless of what month that is for you, where the days are shorter. Right. And so Ayurveda always suggests that we rise before 6 a.m. You do some self cleaning practices. And that, again, is going to depend a little bit on your dosha. So if you're a kapha type and you tend to be more mucousy, you might do a neti pot. Um, and if you actually, I think this is good for anybody that it suggests tongue scraping. So that's where you use like, usually like a metal wire, like copper or something. And you can, you can buy these on Amazon, um, tongue scrapers or wherever there's, you can buy them a ton of places. And so like nowadays we brush our teeth right before bed and, um, in the morning, but I don't know if y'all ever noticed, do you ever wake up and your tongue is like white? That Ayurveda says is like your body detoxing through your tongue. So you should scrape that off use a neti pot, just kind of clean out your body, you know, use the bathroom, drink some warm water, maybe add lemon to that water. And when I say warm, I mean like, um, like room temperature, you know, not necessarily like hot water, but it could be hot water. Um, maybe you do dry brushing, you wash your face and then, so you do all those self-cleaning practices and then you do some light exercise or stretching, maybe a yoga practice or sun salutations, 
or whatever it is. Maybe you do a hit class. I don't know. Um, and then you bathe or shower and then you meditate and then you're able to have breakfast and whatever after all that. But so that's what Ayurveda says do. And that's what I hear all the time. Yoga teachers are like, this is the way, this is the only way. And I've found that, especially since having a kid, um, mine doesn't really look like that because a lot of days my, my husband takes my son to childcare and I'm able to do some of that stuff after they leave. But it's definitely, you know, I've usually been up for an hour, um, on days that are not like today where I don't, I, sometimes I go back to sleep. I am just coming off of like a huge training weekend for my yoga therapy, um, training. So I, I kind of like crash a little bit after those and that's okay. That's another thing that I'm like, I give myself permission. I give you permission to notice when you've been a little bit imbalanced, tending towards maybe too much activity and you need to rest some, right? That's the beauty. That's what Ayurveda tells us to do. That's what our bodies tell us to do. So I highly suggest that you start listening to that, start tapping into it. Um, cause that's what I've done. And it's been so beautiful for my life, um, to just kind of give myself permission to rest when I feel like I need it, go back to sleep when I feel like I need it. But then at the same time, it's like, I recognize like on mornings like today that social media scrolling for 20 minutes, that's not truly restful. Um, I don't know. It's mindless for sure, but I end up, I always end up feeling worse after it, you know, cause I feel like shit for doing it or whatever. Um, but anyway, that's beside the point. So what I want to encourage you is to find a morning routine, whether it looks exactly like that or not, um, with the waking before the sun and doing cleansing practices, because if your morning routine looks more like mine did today, you're not just probably not just going to wake up tomorrow before the sun and do all that stuff. I encourage you to start with like one or two things, one or two shifts with the idea that maybe that's what you eventually get to in mind. And you could also, um, kind of recruit the support from your housemates if they're already a part of your morning routine and you want to switch your morning routine to being a little bit more Ayurvedically aligned, maybe you recruit their support, maybe you get them on board, or maybe you just, like, maybe they're not going to do it with you, but maybe they'll say, okay, I understand why you need this to feel um, successful in your morning or have a better start to your day or whatever, whatever that support looks like. Maybe you recruit it, maybe you don't, maybe you just do it, you know? But I just highly encourage you to to look at what your morning routine looks like right now um, because I guarantee even if you feel like you don't, quote unquote, don't have a morning routine because you're not doing something big and long and involved like this, um, because if you do all that stuff, it can take, you know, an hour or two or more um, to do all that stuff. And then depending on how long your physical practice is, how long your meditation practice is, even those things can be like an hour and a half together and then you do all the self-cleaning practices and bathe in between right so that can it can be quite time consuming and maybe you work maybe you have kids and you work a job where it's just like rushing out the door to get the kids ready maybe you're like not in a place in life where you feel like you can wake up any earlier to facilitate that so then maybe you look at your evening routine what could you do in the evening could you do this physical practice in the evening because I suspect most of us have some kind of self-grooming practice in the morning already. Um, so 
so what could you do in the evening? Maybe you do your physical practice and meditation practice in the evening. Where can you fit the stuff in that makes sense for you is my point. is like, okay, this is what Ayurveda says you should do. But I think it's more beneficial to do what makes more practical sense for you in your life. And I guess I'm just extra sensitive to that right now because I do have a kid who, when he's around, requires pretty undivided attention. Um, you know, any time outside of like cooking and washing dishes and doing laundry, just doing that kind of stuff, it's hard to do really anything else. Um, without involving my child in some way. So maybe you're in some other point in life. Maybe you're like working extra hard, um, with school or work and school and or work, right. Um, or whatever the case is, why you feel like your daily routines might not be serving you as much. So just look at that, look at the times of day, right. Um, and so know that it's best to get your most productive work done during pitta time, which is that 10 to two, AM or PM. So maybe you're a night owl and you really thrive in getting that work done during pit of time. You know, that's fine. I'm not here to judge you for it. Like, I'm just here to tell you what, what Ayurveda says. And I will also add that, um, when I went from working in restaurants, you know, so that later time of day schedule to working a day job and aligning more with this, it did wonders for my overall health, mental health, physical health, all the things. Um, so I think there's something to it, but I also am not here to like shame you if that's so far from your grasp right now because I get it, you know. So look at the times of day, look at the time of life. And lastly, I will say um, choose some kind of routine because whether you consciously chose it or not, you have a routine. So maybe try to make something um, in your control because here's the benefits. When you do it, it's supposed to improve your digestion, especially if you follow that eating your biggest meal at lunchtime when it's said that in the when the Agni is high, the fire element is high, um, your digestive tract is more ready to absorb nutrients because of that fire element is high because you get a little hungrier at lunchtime, especially if you haven't eaten a super heavy breakfast right? Um, and so it's supposed to help with your digestion, absorption of nutrients, elimination, right? And then it's also supposed to help with your connection with nature. Um, I know it can feel super hard to not be as connected to the natural cycles of life. I have found hugely in my life, the more I connect with natural cycles, so that's here what we call Ritucharya, living seasonally, and Dinacharya, living in alignment with the sun cycles, daily routines, um, it reduces stress. It cultivates discipline, which, as you may know, it's better to reply, reply, rely on discipline than it is motivation because motivation is fleeting. Discipline is what will carry you through when you don't feel like doing shit, right? When you have a goal, but things are hard, which is like always, right? And then it'll be good for your longevity. It'll create stability in your life. It'll create peace. It'll create contentment. Um, yeah, just try it. And so be on the lookout. Um, if you don't know your constitution, you can right now you can reach out to me and I can send you a little quiz. Um, but so that would have to be by email cause it's a PDF, 
but I'm working on getting that quiz up on my website, whether that be either just you can download it on your own without actually having to interact with me, although y'all know I like when you interact with me, but I'm also an introvert, so I get it. So you can reach out to me now via email, rosemary at yogiscopes.com, and get that, or be on the lookout. I will send it to my email subscribers when it's live. I'm hoping later this week I'll have a dosha quiz so that you can figure out your own dosha. And then also next week the new moon report will go out and reminder that it only the sign-by-sign horoscopes will only go to email subscribers. It'll be free for email subscribers, but they're the only ones that get it. So you can see the the general blog post on my website, but you have to be on my email list to get the sign-by-sign horoscope. And they will be the first to hear about the full moon mini retreat, first to be able to purchase tickets. I'll go ahead and say, screw it, we'll give you a discount. I've been hinting at it, so might as well say my email subscribers will get a discount, discount code there. So it's worth being on it. I'm not going to blow you up. I'm only going to send you useful stuff. Um, and that helps me feel less scattered. So once again, you can find me at yogiscopes.com, Y-O-G-I-S-C-O-P-E-S on Facebook and Instagram, rosemary at yogiscopes.com for email. I'm so grateful that you're here. Please remember to always keep your feet on the ground, your head in the stars, and stay in the light. We'll talk to you soon.